Good morning, Malin crew. Welcome back to another edition of the Malin Podcast. I am your host, Brett Merriman. To my right, the lovely, the overalled up today, Sally DeFries. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, Brett. How are you? Great. Great. I'm great. It rained yesterday. I know. How about that? It, it not only rained, Sally, but for the first day in 45 days, the temperature did not reach 100 degrees. Just a, a chilly 99. A chilly 99, yeah. But it did not reach 100. That, I don't think, uh, includes the heat index, which I'm very much sure was over 100. But We're on the, the downslope. They're doing this thing with the, uh, the weather apps. And I'm accusing them, like they, the the, the royal they here, um, where like seven days in advance, they give us like a little 93, 94, 92 stretch. And then by the time, yep, so it's already gone. By the time it it gets here, that has been erased. Yeah, they just want you to be optimistic. Yeah, they want you, they want you on the app. Like, ooh, when when's it going to hit? And it's not. It's not. We're just studying this pattern. Maybe for only one more month. Yeah, that's the worst thing about living in Austin is September because you're trying to like get off a of fall fit. One hundred percent. You can't. And back home, I'm seeing like the fifties and the forties, and the leaves changing. And here, it's 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 not even summer light. It's just still summer. Like it, it, September twenty first is the last. What's it? Second to last last day of summer, or whatever. It's truly summer through the end of September here. It's, it's miserable. Think about how many times you can go to ski shores, though. I can. I love ski shores. And get fall candles just to make it feel like a little bit of fall. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's my complaint. Anything you want to complain about today before we get going? No, but I, <laughs> if I just stop talking in the middle of the podcast, it's because I'm having a Braxton Hicks contraction and I can't oh, okay. continue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will be on standby for any Braxton Hicks contractions. Do you know what a Braxton Hicks contraction have, is? Sally, I have no idea. It's like a false contraction. So mm. it's you are contracting, but it's not like painful, they say, even though mine are. And you're you just your abdomen tightens. It's like, uh, it's like a spasm. Yeah. Kind of thing, right? Okay. Yeah. So Randy, you are also on standby. If Sally's doing a little BH contraction over here. Don't call it a BH, but Will said it sounds like an Ohio State recruit. Braxton Hicks? Yeah. It definitely does. Like a like four-star wideout from California? Yeah. So he makes fun of me, and I think he used to call him Don Tony Braxton Hicks contractions. Ooh, but they, okay. I've just been getting a lot of them recently, so if I just pause, that's what's happening. We're in the middle of a Braxton Hicks. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for letting me know, and I will do my best to to – Conquer them on my end. It just feels like the baby's head butting me. That's fun. I, the kicking thing is wild to me. I'll let you know if it kicks. You can feel it. Oh my god! I would be like, that would be crazy. I just, I've never, I've never like, I've never done that. I've never felt it. Felt someone. Yeah. You should always ask. Oh, I mean, I'm not. Never just put your can hand I touch on your, your baby mom. Yeah. People do it though. That's I, I'm sure. Um. Anyway. On that note. <laughs> We're the Mail-In Podcast. Uh, we answer questions here. That's what we do. Please tell a friend about the show. Send them a clip. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Follow on Spotify. You can hit the hotline number to leave a voicemail, 888-362-MAIL. That is 888-362-6245. Or 
You can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Maryland Podcast or in the description of this episode, or I believe it's on the Instagram bio, really, really anywhere. You can find a place to write in. Um, hit up the store, watchmedia.shop, and hit up the YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Podcast to see Randy put us in 1080p. I got it right this time. Okay. Ready to get going, so? Yeah, you can take the first one. Deal. Dealer, deal, dear mail-in pod. I'm writing in today for advice about attending my best high school friend's bachelor party. I've already been asked to be a member of the wedding party, okay? It's scheduled for a Thursday through Sunday of October in Phoenix, uh, as Brett may have guessed. Trips to Phoenix in October are centered around golf. Sure, sure are. Uh, already planned are Friday and Saturday morning rounds with a Thursday afternoon round being tossed around the group email. These guys are golfing. Problem. Yeah. I've never swung a golf club in my life. The makeup of the group is 16 guys total. One of the other high school, uh, one other high school group guy and the rest are my buddies, college and post-red friends. I'm on the fence about going because of all the golf. This were a non-bachelor party weekend golf trip, I would have declined when asked. Uh, I don't want to be the one to slow down the group on the course. And uh, through a little bit of research, none of the courses offer ride-along, non-player green fee discounts. We're talking like $150 per round here. Am I overthinking this? Would it be a terrible move to back out of the trip? The wedding is scheduled for a few weeks after the trip, which will require more out-of-town travel for me and my wife. Maybe I'm just looking for a vindication that it's okay to turn down this trip, but any wisdom would be appreciated. Feel for this guy here because it's not necessarily fun to go to a, tr- a, a golf trip where they're talking about golfing three times, yeah. spend a bunch of money. I mean, it's 100, 450 bucks just on golf that you're not going to You're not playing play. or you're not playing well. Yeah. Um, but to me, this sort of sounds like this guy's looking for an excuse out of this to begin with. It's only him and one of his high school buddies. And granted, you can try to make friends, but it, it, it doesn't sound like he's all that jazzed about going. Now, the problem is when you have 16 guys, specifically 16, you have a perfect number of foursomes. You have four foursomes, yeah. Um, so suggestions here would be one bite the bullet go try to basically if you're gonna suck suck fast that's kind of the rule just say hey i'm not gonna take a tee shot i'll put the ball in the middle of the fairway we'll start from there he doesn't even sound like he wants to golf though he I, I, he just wants to drink but it's an expensive 150 dollars around to go out and not play now yeah. the other thing i would suggest is play a scramble which is where in your foursome i know what a scramble is sorry you for, can explain, I was gonna you can explain it to for those who don't um I, I was like looking into your eyes like here here's what a foursome or a scramble is sally uh it is where all four of your players take a shot not a drink a a golf shot uh-huh. and then use the best shot of the four continuously right I think you should just not go. There's that. I, I, I. T- if you didn't go to this, I don't think you need to use the golf as, a, as a, an excuse. I would just say, hey, we've got the wedding coming up. I'm a little tight on cash. I, 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 I'd love to go, but I, I can't justify spending four hundred fifty dollars on stuff that. And you're gonna have to rent clubs too, because they're probably not gonna let you go out uh, on the cart just, just by yourself. It's gonna be an expensive trip for something that's not all that. 
geared towards you. Now you could also say, I'm going to go, I'll be at the house and you guys just meet me at the, at the house at the end of the day. So I, I've had friends that this has happened to. This specifically happened to my brother on my brother-in-law's okay. bachelor party in San Diego, but they only golfed like one day. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think they played Tory Pines and that was it. Mm-hmm. I have another friend who had his bachelor party in Scottsdale. Two of the guys didn't golf. They hung out. The, the thing is usually in the times that I've known people this has happened to, usually the whole thing is not golf centric. It's usually like one or two rounds. And mm-hmm. there's a couple of people who don't play golf who like go and do their own thing. Yeah. They go to the house or they go to a right. bar or they go so to like, a sports book or yeah. When Harry was on Drew's bachelor party, Harry and a couple guys like did other shit in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing for my friend's bachelor party in Scottsdale. But they, you know, they did one golf day and then Saturday was like the like pool party day. Mm-hmm. So it really didn't matter. My friend went in on Friday morning because he was in med school at the time anyway. So he's like, I'm going to miss the Thursday afternoon round. Don't care. Mm-hmm. I'll get there while they're golfing. Yeah. And then I'll be there for Friday night festivities, dinner, Saturday night, all day, pool party, whatever, which is personally how I think. Like if you're doing a bachelor party and not everyone does the same activity, AK golf, mm-hmm. I think that that's a better way to plan this, but the groom wants to have a golf yeah trip that's great i think you use the golf as an excuse you're like hey man we're already traveling for your wedding i don't golf it just doesn't really make sense financially for me to come on this trip yeah i think you you have plenty of options here and i don't think anything's and there's no bad option the only bad option i think would be like trying to play your ball for every round like losing ball like don't don't shoot 150 well and my other question is like, are, no offense, are you going to be missed that much? It's not like you're the best man. <laughs> and it's not like you're, like, some great golfer that everyone's like, oh, damn, like, he's not going to be there. We're going to, like, miss out on mm-hmm. him. It, no one's going to – none of the college friends are going to care that you're not there. No offense. Mm-hmm. Like – Yeah, I, I I get your point here. And, like, the max – like, the, the, the best possible scenario – is you go, they play a scramble, and you make like a 20-foot putt to win, and you're, everybody's like, oh, my God, like so-and-so who doesn't golf made a putt. It's not That's not worth it. I would, If it were me, I would split the difference. I would go, not golf, hang out at the house, hang out at the clubhouse, have a drink, meet up after, bada-bang, bada-boom. But if it's if that doesn't make sense financially, then then don't go. Just, hey, we're gonna, we'll see you at the wedding. I had a wife at home. Like, it just doesn't doesn't work out. You guys have fun with golf. I'm going to be, I'll see you at the wedding. I'm trying to think of the times that I've been a ride along with Will. I guess a couple of times he's paid for me, but we've yeah, had like. Some courses are totally cool with it. Other courses are very not cool. With right. It. You could and always do nine beers, nine holes. You could. And film it. And film it. You should do 18 beers, 18 holes. 18 beers, 18 holes my <laughs> in a hospital trip. Uh, uh, nine, nine beers, 18 holes is doable. I recently saw an Instagram account that was pretending like they created this thing. I just want to say mm. I did it like six or seven years ago. Have you ever done the uh, nine nine innings, nine dogs, nine beers challenge? No, I don't want to do that. The hot dogs is the hard part. I, I guess probably the beers too because innings are 
baseball innings go relatively quick sometimes. Haven't Randy? Haven't you done that or tried? Nope. I've never done that. No. Yeah. I do think this guy should go on the trip. Just don't golf. Yeah, I, I, that's where I fall. Golf one day. You got, he's standing up, right? He is in the wedding. Party. Yeah, I just went on a bachelor party where I didn't know anyone, and that's a big point. Like, for it is a big point to, of camaraderie to yeah. actually like meet people. So go on the trip, just don't golf. Okay. Meh. I say don't go. If you do want to go, uh, go on the golf trip, you need some new golf pants. You know who can uh, help out? I bet you're going to tell me. Our friends over at Muggsy, Sally. Speaking of Muggsy's, I'm wearing them right now. Look at that. Wow. Wow. Because it's uh, denim and flip-flop season. Everybody knows that. Comfy. Uh, Muggsy makes the most comfortable jeans, chinos, and joggers ever. They are all made from buttery, soft, patented stretch materials that look stylish but are insanely comfortable. Never too baggy. Never too tight. They're frankly the best thing to happen to legs since chairs. How about that? Never in human history have legs been so spoiled by the pure softness and comfort while looking so damn good. You'll literally never have to shop anywhere else ever again. I have a bunch of mudgy stuff. Mudgy shorts, mudgy chinos, mudgy jeans. I'm going on their website right now. What else, what else are they working with right now? Oh, the mudgy denim jackets? Are you kidding me? I, I was never a denim jacket guy, and then Mudgy came to town. And I was like, oh, shit, these are awesome. Will's got some Mudgies. He's rocking them. He does. He does. They're comfy. Extremely. So here's the deal. Any season, you can shop fall favorites. You can shop for winter. Any style, shorts, chinos, jeans, tops, joggers, uh, jorts, if you're into that kind of thing, Randy. Mudgy's got you covered. Take a look at the Mudgy collection. I promise you, you're going to find something you like. So here's the thing. Head to Mudgy.com and get 10% off now using code MAIL. That's 10% off some of the most premium jeans, chinos, swimwear, and shorts on the internet. Mudgy also offers free shipping and returns, so there's absolutely no risk giving them a try. Mudgy.com and get 10% off using code MAIL. Also check out their store in Austin, downtown. Pretty cool little thing if you uh, want, want the in-person experience. The show is also brought to you by Z-Biotics, Sally. Let's face it, after a night with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. I'm not 24 anymore. I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. That is until I found Z-Biotics. You ever skipped a workout, a walk? brunch, just an activity because it drinks the night before. You wanted to just lay in bed for a while? Yes. Yeah. Always. Me, me too. Me too. If you're committed to your healthy routine this year, you need Z-Biotics. We all have busy lives. Can't afford to waste a day stuck on the couch because of a few drinks the night before and Z-Biotics is the answer we've all been looking for. What is Z-Biotics, Sally? It's a pre-alcohol probiotic that's the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It is this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme in your gut to break this byproduct down, and it's designed to work like your liver, but like I said, in your gut where you need it most. Just remember, Drink Zbiotics before drinking alcohol. Drink responsibly. 
and get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. I've been on Zbiotics, uh, the train for a while now. I've gone to food festivals. I've gone to boat days. I've gone to pickleball tournaments. I've played rounds of golf where I knew some drinks were going to be consumed. I always hit Zbiotics before I do that. Feel great. Feel great. Simple as day. that. Yeah. Simple as that. Uh, go to zbiotics.com slash mail to get 15% off your order when you use code mail at checkout. You can also sign up for a subscription using your code so you can stay prepared no matter the time or the occasion. Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, head to zbiotics.com slash mail and use the code mail at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode. Sally, you want to do the next one? Yeah. Hey, Brett and Sally. I'm currently in the final interview stages for a job, and the guy who would be my boss matched with me on Bumble. He's cute, and I like talking to him during the interview, but what's the move here? Do I message him? Do you think he knows I'm the person he interviewed? Or could this mess up me getting the job? Uh, oh, boy. I'm going to keep this short. Short and sweet. No, you don't try to pursue something with somebody who's going to be your boss. Correct. Now, logistically here, I have a couple questions. Does it sound like she interviewed, then matched? Yeah, that was my question. Uh-huh. In which case... It's 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 weird all around. It's kind of a red flag, in my yeah, opinion. I agree. Because here's the thing. I would just blow past it. If this is a job you really want, like blow past it, don't confront it. Don't be flirty with him, et cetera. And if it ever gets brought up, be like, oh my gosh, that was so funny. So Whatever. I didn't realize that was you. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, two, Bumble, you have to uh, message first as the girl. Correct. correct? So that's, that's a no. Don't do that. Just leave that. Leave that be. It can be a funny ha-ha thing down the line. If you, if like worst case, just leave this one alone. I, I also think, I mean, every work culture is different. I think the majority of places are going to say no to a mm-hmm. a boss employee, yeah. like yeah, subordinate relationship. It's different if you like matched with someone who might be on your team or something yeah. like that. Depending on what the culture of the company is, but in general, in any work environment, having a relationship with your boss is already kind of like a a no. Uh, a no. A slippery slope, a uh, power dynamic thing. There's a lot that like can go Like most wrong. HR departments are going to be like, nah. Hard no. Most HR departments are like, don't date a coworker, period. Right. Let alone a, a boss. But a boss. Employee relationship. If you haven't gotten the job yet, if this is a job you like really want, I would, I would blow past it as like a little awkward. You be the one to be like, oops, like didn't realize that was you. Mm-hmm. And just probably unmatch. Yeah. Just so there's no like. And then just yeah. and don't date that person. Mm-hmm. Now, all that being said, if you don't get the job and you like want to match with this person and like talk to them and oh, date them, fine. then feel free to yeah. message him like whatever. And then when you if you if it ever evolves into anything, you can bring up like funny icebreaker kind of thing. Yeah, but I I think this is a really slippery slope. 
I would not bring it up in the interview. I would not bring it up like on the first day of work if you get hired. I would just blow past it and please don't date your boss. Uh, and the answer, do you think he knows he interviewed? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he unless he's an idiot. Right. I mean, like there are really dumb people out there, but he – if he's your, if he's possibly going to be your boss, he's already looked at all of your files. He knows who you are. Instagram, Twitter, like which at, it, yeah, that for me, if he matched you during the process, which red flag, I think is more of a red flag. Like that is screaming like this is possible possible sexual harassment in the, the future. This is this is going to turn into versus yeah. like if it was a match and then you show up to the interview and you're like, oh my god, like right, totally different. Like you matched and then. And then like a couple of weeks later and you're like, oh shit, I think I matched with him on Bumble. That's different. You can laugh that off. Yes. LOL. Let's move past that. But if you didn't get the match and you'd already like you'd already been through one round of the interviews and then you got the match, I would say tread carefully. Because very. this guy doesn't sound like he is very uh like stand up in the workplace. I agree. Yeah. If he's like I totally agree. Totally agree. Oh. Yikes. Randy, Randy, speaking of in the workplace, Randy just had a pop-up. Wow, Randy. How dare you? A bunch of pop-ups on that computer there, Randy? The viruses? Mm. Let's do the next one, Sally. Doozy for you here. Yeah. Hey, guys. Would I be the asshole? Whenever somebody asks that. It's usually yes. Usually yes. Would I be the asshole for holding firm in an agreement with my wife that she has to lose weight if she wants to have another kid. Here's some context. My wife and I are in our early 30s. When we were dating, we would talk about how many kids we wanted to have, and the consensus was between two and three. Well, about a year ago, she had her second daughter. Congratulations. After she was born, I brought up the topic of a vasectomy, but my wife wants to have a third baby. To me, the jump between two and three is huge. You would need to get larger vehicles to fit everyone, have one of our four, have one, excuse me, have one of our kids take over the guest room in the basement and figure out how to handle three. Not to mention the added cost of another kid in daycare, uh, et cetera. I love our kids and I know I would love a third if that's what ends up happening, but I really don't want to go through all that hardship if I have the choice. She is pushing back pretty hard and asking me to take time to think about it. Here's where I may be the asshole. She's been complaining about her body a lot lately and how she has put on so much weight since college, roughly 60 pounds. She doesn't want my help with losing weight and immediately gets discouraged each time she starts some new program. So I told her if she gets down to her ideal weight within one year, I'll give the go-ahead to have a third. In my head, it was me giving her a huge incentive to take it seriously. And if she accomplishes it, then I'll have a third kid to love. Win-win. However, the more I think about it, the more uneasy I feel. She seemed very eager at first, but has since stopped trying to lose weight again. I'm afraid that we will get close to that one-year mark, and she will not be close to her goal. Then I'll be paraded as the asshole for telling his wife to lose weight in order to have another baby. Is there a way to walk this back or am I doomed? Okay. <laughs> I, d I, uh, I, don't, I don't know what to say here. We have a couple things to address. 
Number one, uh, we have talked about this before in the sense of, are you the asshole for holding your partner accountable for um, wait, wanting to We have lose talked weight? about this before. Um, and I have said, and I got a lot of flack for, if your partner's not going to tell you, who else is? You know what I'm saying? Sure. Kind of in the same vein as like your mom and sister can kind of tell you. Mm-hmm. But, and you can, it, because they're your family, yep. they're allowed yep. to do that. Is it right? No. Do, do moms cause a lot of trauma to their daughters for that reason? Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as as your partner, th- that's the person you trust the most in the world. If if you are, and I said this before, concerned about her health, or right. and I'm talking physical or mental. If mental, if her mental health is affected by her being overweight and causing anguish and all of these things. That is a time that I think it's appropriate to step in and say, hey, let's get healthy. You seem unhappy, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We've gone over that yep. before. That's my personal stance. I know not everyone feels that way. I'm I'm in the same vein with you. Yep. Like, yeah, it, it's... And we have also talked problems, about... image... There's right. a crossover somewhere, but not necessarily mutually exclusive. That normally it's obviously harder for women to lose weight than men. It's very difficult for moms to lose weight I was given gonna... how busy they are and things, shit that they have going on. And it sounds like, like she's got a daughter who's a one-year-old. Like Correct me if I'm like hormonal too. Hormonal, I mean, yeah. a lot of the different things. New moms especially. That all aside, this is a two-prong issue for me. Okay. Number one – it he doesn't want to have a third kid. Mm-hmm. She does. Can't have two and a half. He yeah, no. Uh he made this deal with her thinking there's no way she'll stick to it. And if she does, win-win for me, she's happy and she gets the kid, whatever. That was not a smart choice. I'm gonna just say that. The now. ultimatum thing, I, I that you are you the the asshole? Kind of smart. That no. would be like you wanting a third kid and her saying, "Okay, go earn two hundred thousand more dollars this yeah. year." And, and if you more. do, I'm I'm right. We're in yeah. putting like a stipulation on something like that is never smart. And this this is more a fundamental issue of we disagree about what our lives are going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that is an automatic. Go to therapy. Mm, okay. Personally, when you disagree on something like this, obviously disagreeing on to have kids or not is a way bigger fish to fry. Mm-hmm. The number can change around a little bit. I think I, we have friends who are going through this now. Like sometimes you want three, sometimes you want two. It's a huge adjustment every time you have another kid. I get it. I get mm-hmm. his reticence to not have one i get her want like really wanting to have one especially when you're a mom and you're postpartum and you are like enjoying the hell out of it and you just think i want to i really want to do this again Mm -hmm. i think it's important to explore that together whether with the help of a therapist or by themselves without any attachment any sort of stipulation on it so they they got to figure that out first. And I think he needs to walk back whatever he said and be like, listen, I said that I shouldn't have. You and I need to sit down and talk about this. Here's where I feel about having a third kid. I'm not ready yet. 
here's X, Y, Z, Y. Let's hear your argument. Let's yeah. decide on a compromise. And if we can't decide on an answer we're both happy with, then we need to pursue some more options like going to see a therapist. I think you break down the problem basically one by one. Right. We talked about we got to buy a bigger car. How right. do how do you know? Can we talk through the financial piece of that? Can we talk through the space piece of that? We gotta we gotta redo our guest room to to be more of a kid friendly thing. Right. Want to let's talk through that, but break down the problem granularly. Give your thoughts on each piece of it granularly, and see if you can maybe like like immediate compromise is probably not what the goal is, but it's at least understanding where the partner's coming from. On multiple li- different levels versus being like two versus three, just big, like right. I disagree. So having those conversations and, and telling her I made a mistake by offering you this deal. Agreed on I that. Ag- yep, I regret let's, that. Let's let's tear, I, tear up the deal. I want to I want to discuss good. this in the d- terms of our marriage and partnership without any stipulation mm-hmm. attached to it. Now, for the weight thing. Um, if you are following step two of this process and you are having conversation, you've already negated the whole weight loss, 60 pounds. Yeah. Deals off. We're we're just, this is a new, right. A new, a new part of this. But if, if she, I think there is another issue to explore here besides the kids thing, the, that being the weight. Like, does it bother you that she's put on weight? Does it bother you that she's unhappy? Does it bother you that she talks about it constantly, then does nothing about it? Those are all things that I, again, feel like as her partner is okay to address, but in a completely different context than having a third kid. Agreed. In the sense of like, hey, I, you know, I said that I shouldn't have put a stipulation out there. If you want to get healthy, it, or you're healthy now, she's probably healthy now. But but if you want to lose weight for you know to look good for vanity purposes, whatever it is, blah blah blah, then I am here to support you mm-hmm. the best I can. Let's tackle that issue on a different you know different way. We're gonna start going to a nutritionist, or we're gonna get a trainer together. Just, blah blah. Let's blah. let's eat. Because it, it'd be one thing if she was like, oh, I'm like I'm fine. I love like I love my body. I'm not you know. But she's she said complaining and, right. and she's not happy with it so then you then you tag team it then you're like all right well we're partners in this let's tag team let's let's eat healthier dinners and i know it's it's hard with kids because you have to like appease their appetite which is very different than yeah an adult appetite but no i just think these are two very separate issues that he lumped together yeah I in like a try to win-win thing and both of those both issues how many kids do i have and I'm gaining weight and I don't like how I feel about myself mm-hmm. are multifaceted issues that require a lot of self-searching um, and understanding of the other person and their wants and needs and desires and take a lot of reflection and maybe help from other people. So you need to separate those completely, tackle one at a time, and not let them be dependent on each other. Correct. And ultimately, especially with something like weight loss, it, it comes from within. It, it, somebody can tell you until right. they're blue in the face about this, this, and this, and I'm going to help you this, this, and this. But in, internal motivation for working out, eating right, like that's all, that's all here. Right. I just think that 
Um, these are all like kind of deep seated issues that are going to require a lot of self-reflection, a lot of communication with your partner, a lot of open and honest conversations that may also require the intervention of a, of a therapist sure. or counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, good luck. Please let your wife know that, that like what, you know, I, I just think you got to separate those two immediately. Do mm-hmm. not, of course you're going to be the asshole. No one is going to think otherwise if she's going around being like, well, I didn't lose 50 pounds in a year. So now we can't have a third kid. People are going to think you're like cracking the whip at home. Yeah. No, just That's not a good look. Separate those things, tear the deal up and tackle these problems granularly. One right. by one. You and, don't and want her to help feel it. like her happiness is dependent on her weight. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do want a first step. In getting healthy. In getting healthy. I got, uh, I got an idea. How about our friends over at AG1? Routine can help you build healthier habits. That's what AG1 has been for me. I'm getting my greens immediately. Every day. First thing I put in my body, water and 75 ingredients, high, high quality vitamins, probiotics, and whole foods sourced, not whole foods, but whole food sourced ingredients immediately. That's what AG1 is doing for me. AG1 is a powder that gives you your body nutrients that you need, that you don't necessarily get even from a good diet. It's giving you stuff for your gut, adaptogens and greens blend for your energy, your sleep, your skin, your hair, your nails. AG1 has everything. It's replacing the loads of supplements that you take. So you'd have a bunch of pills, you, you know, laying around. Just one powder. One, one powder day. every day. Bada bing, bada boom. Helps with your energy, immune system support, et cetera. It's just, it's just a good, healthy option for your routine every day. It's got a science-driven formulation of vitamins, like I said, probiotics, like I said, and whole food sourced nutrients. They're raising the standard for quality in the supplement category and helps you build your health. Foundation first. Foundation's important, Sally, when you're trying to do any of this. Um, so here's the deal. One scoop and a glass of water in the morning or afternoon or night kind of whenever you want to, but I do it in the morning. In the glass, stir it up, down the hatch, good to go. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment for your health, try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs plus a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash mail-in. That is drinkag1.com slash mail-in. Check it out. Uh, Sally, you want to do the next one? Hey guys, what are your tips for improving social media presence, specifically Instagram? When I graduated college, I used to know all the angles and algorithms, but I have since fallen off. My husband and I both started new jobs at, a, at local small businesses, and I see where having a better Instagram presence could help with marketing. Let me know your best tips that don't include thirst traps. <laughs> well, there goes my idea. Yeah, Randy, anything just, to say on the thirst trapping? Yeah, there goes my idea too. <laughs> um, okay. You have a great social media presence. You have a well-curated Instagram. 
you are uh you, you know what you're doing on social really yeah i would say i don't know what i'm doing i think you absolutely do if anything like i probably only post my child's way too much <laughs> uh oh, here's what i'm going to say I personally, the older I get, the less I care about social media. Mm -hmm. But I understand her angle of saying, like, if you know, for a business or total. That that's why I included this question. That's why you do it yeah. for you know marketing purposes. I have listened to Will talk to people about this, and Will, out of anybody, probably understands social media the most out of. Well, I mean, everyone. That's y'all's job. Should here, we so. see if Will wants to do a celeb shot here? No, he probably does. I can tell you exactly what he's going to say. Okay. Consistency is key. You have to consistently post. That's mm -hmm. why if you if you go look at any influencer, any person who's doing well on Instagram or any other social media site, whether it be Twitter slash X slash also threads, Snapchat, et cetera, whatever – consistently posting is going to put you at the top of any algorithm. Sure. Um, anybody who is a social media manager knows that number one consistently posts. So that's stories like daily mm -hmm. and grid posts, however often you deem, but the more you put yourself out there, the more the app is going to push your shit to other people. Yeah. If you post twice a year and it's your children no one cares. Right. No offense. But like if if you go look at like say we go look at Alex Earl's Instagram right now. Mm -hmm. She probably posts a grid post every day. Consi insanely consistent. And she does stories all the time. Uh, another person is like Tinks. Mm -hmm. He got huge during the pandemic. First on TikTok. But again, posting consistently on TikTok and then going over to Instagram, posting like she does an AMA like every day, which is just yeah, a lot. The, the engaging the stuff job. is insane. But you you post consistently. The next step is do things that are going to engage your followers. So doing an AMA, doing, you know, polls, things like that. Mm -hmm. AMAs are great ways to like grab people. Will has always said <laughs> – he thinks it's like insane that I look at Dumois for like a full like hour on Sunday. I don't really they, anymore. They're, I think they have the most stories like ever posted. Like they're like little tiny like minuscule dots. It's like, stories. A, it's like a girl at a concert. I there was like a, a month long in my life where I was just like addicted to Dumois. Dumois. Now I'm like see one celebrity sighting. I'm like this is so way too much work. I'm not doing that. But consistency, engagement, and then the other thing is I would say. Having an overall aesthetic is yeah. important. I never really understood what that meant until I learned more about what y'all do and like your job and what Will does. Mm -hmm. And if you look at any of your social media accounts, they all kind of follow the same um, like template mm -hmm. uh, of how you post things, what, what your stories look like, what your – now – if you're talking about your personal Instagram. Oh, hell yeah. We got, speaking of, we have the absolute professional here. I don't even know what we're talking about. And when it comes to uh, upping your social improving media your social media presence, specifically Instagram, uh, with small businesses in mind. So Will DeFreeze in the building. Hello, Will. See what I'm dealing with? <laughs> I sit down and I get yelled at for slouching. 
We have talked about having a uh, uh, a salad, not a, a, a mail in court episode. No, 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 no. We don't talk about that. Okay. We'll, we'll, okay. More on that later. Okay. Um, Will, when it comes to improving your social media presence, specifically Instagram, you have the most curated, well documented, well done. No, it's super casual. I don't even think about it. <laughs> Um, they said, let me know your best tips that don't include thirst traps with small businesses in mind. They've, they've started new jobs at local small businesses. Instagram can help from a marketing presence. So this is not a personal Instagram. They're just trying to start a small business Instagram. I think she said, I think it's both. I think it's, if you start marketing a small business and people are going back to your page, much like say scaries and then clicking on the world of free. Okay. 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 Because upping both is important okay what are what are your what initially comes to mind because we we mentioned consistency we mentioned having an aesthetic yeah people always ask every single time i did it this morning i did an ama on on uh sunday scaries i do it randomly on wednesdays mm -hmm. and every single time i get like what's what's the instagram filter and i don't know if they're talking about my the filter that i use normally on photos from my page or if they're talking about sunday scaries i got bad news for people that think sunday scaries has some specific filter it does not it's <laughs> it's what what number is it randy it is fade 40 yep about 40 40 up on the fade on instagram if you if you like that should be in sunday scaries llc like you know how llc's are always like corny yeah, some like do it forty percent fade. Yeah, forty percent fade LLC. That's that's going to be the the Sunday Scaries W nine. That's all thing. I do, and then I have a Visco. I, I downloaded the Visco thing. I have a free filter, and I uh, all I do is create a recipe, which is quite easy to do within there. And then suddenly you don't even have to think about it. You just do it. You just do the same filter for everything. Is that where people like they sell presets? Is yeah. that thing? Yes. Like people have asked for presets, but like truthfully, I have no clue how to do it. And also <laughs> I feel like it's very that is very Hannah G from Bachelor to sell like your presets. No offense, Randy. Hannah G. Like that's just oh, got her. Hannah energy G. To it. I forgot about her. Hannah G and Dylan. What's she up to? Yeah. Are they still together? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah Sally and I we go on vacation with them every once in a while. <laughs> We saw them at a resort one time. Oh man! Well, Will, would you mind staying around for one more? It's a it's a very specific question. Yes, I can do that. One, okay. more. you have one, one more. more. One more. Okay, let's do. It. Let's get into it. I'm cooking in the lab right now, out in the uh, bullpen. Brett and Sally, I get married in three weeks. Congratulations! Can I get Sally's day of wedding preparation and overall views for advice for the day? How about for the both bride and groom? Wedding day prep. Sally, I'll let you lead off here. Okay. The, I the um we did not have a super traditional wedding day, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't change it. And part of the reason I I say that is we spent the night together the night before our wedding. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Didn't really make sense. It makes <laughs> sense to uh sleep somewhere else. I personally if you're not like super into the like i gotta spend the night away from my husband and your parents aren't gonna care the traditional like, like who cares you're tossing I, the garden i pasta. felt more comfortable staying with will the night before mm, okay uh i also felt like we saw each other for a lot of the wedding day as well we were oh interesting okay. we were that morning like hanging out by the pool had lunch in the same vicinity with uh, ben roethlisberger correct mm -hmm. okay. yeah and Maybe we weren't like doing everything together, but we weren't like avoiding seeing each other. Um, like we ate at the same restaurant for lunch, but we didn't sit close enough to talk or anything. It was more like 
if one of us was leaving, it was like, all right, see, see you in a bit. See you in a bit. We, like swam at the same time and stuff. Yeah, but we didn't hang out, hang out. I just feel like I was more at ease being able to like see him if mm-hmm. I needed to versus like in a full blown like I can't I have to like be shrouded in black Mystery. curtains if yeah. we if we happen to cross his path. That was my, our choice and I wouldn't change that. If anything, I would have gotten ready together because I think the most anxiety I had the whole time was when we separated and Will went to go get ready by himself and I went to go get ready with my sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Will, you've mentioned you were like, I, I wish I had Will my, was my boys there. by like, himself. <laughs> I botched it, man. Yeah, I didn't, pl- I didn't like plan anything before because we didn't have wedding parties and stuff. And so uh, like everybody was like, all right, I'm going to go get dressed. And it was like, yeah, me too. And then I started realizing, I was like, oh, wait, I'm totally alone right now and I have no one to hang out yeah, with. Like I need to figure this out. Yeah, came by and Will just like made him hang out with him. For yeah, me. I was like, uh, <laughs> no, I, I actually kicked him out because I was like, dude, you need to go take photos of the bride. I'm doing nothing down here yeah. right now. But yeah, that was that was a mistake on my part. I, I, the one thing I would say is I never wanted to be alone that day. Mm, like okay. it was just, there was too many, too many nerves, too much energy, too many thoughts going through my head. I just didn't want to be alone. Cool. And so okay. like I, I kicked the day off with a little spa action. Mm. Yeah. The boys did some cold plunge contests together, okay. and then uh, we had a nice lunch, sat by the pool for a little bit. The hardest thing, and I hate to say this because it makes me sound like a piece of shit, but the hardest thing on the wedding day was not like drinking all day. I really wanted to just like, well, you're so excited or you want to take the edge off. Like, I just wanted to have like drinks all day and celebrate, but I I didn't want to be tipsy for the ceremony. So I, I think I had like one drink at lunch and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say to this person, and I don't know any context of her wedding. Number one, you're already going to be anxious and stressed, as Will just said. So don't be alone. But number two, you want to put yourself in situations where you're like, you're probably already anxious, but at least try to take your mind off of it. If you are doing a brunch and all your aunts are there and like asking you questions, that's going to be stressful. Sure. Or if you're freaking like, I would tell my wedding planner, if you have a wedding planner or put someone in charge of things like that and be like, do not ask me a question unless someone legitimately has died. Like, d- don't do not come to me. Yep. Like, okay. make a decision. I won't know the difference. Don't care. Would you Would you uh, advise to put a person in? Con- like, would you say, "Hey, Lily, you are my question getter today." Yeah. I trust your decisions on like if a flower died. If you have a sister yeah. or a mom, who will this is the deal with moms though? Okay, mm. moms are stressful, <laughs> so. Do not put your mom in charge of anything that's going to give her like more power to come to you and like with all this drama because okay. shit's going to go wrong. Tell If you have a wedding planner, that is their job. Say, do not tell me. I don't want to know. Handle it and let's move on with our lives. Mm-hmm. If something needs to be said to someone, bring it to designated person over here. Yeah. You need, a, you need a, a, a designated hitter. The bride or DH. Groom. Right. Okay. Um, but I – Wedding prep wise, I, the other thing that really, really annoys me about weddings, being in them, having had my own, is when people start getting ready at 8 a.m. for like a 5 p.m. ceremony. <laughs> it's, it, it, it burns me as the person who has like a wife who's in a lot of wedding parties where it's like, cool. Well, we went to this destination wedding and now I get to hang out alone all day. Like uh-huh. it's just – I mean there's there's good points of hanging out alone. But like on yep. a wedding day, you want to hang out and have right. fun with it's, people. It's, and it's like – Cool. I don't even get to see my like when we went to a wedding in Mexico. Sally was getting ready for like the entire day, and we had like essentially one full day to hang out in Mexico together, and we didn't see each other. Yeah, yeah. So the 
the the longer you get ready, the more as a girl, once you're ready, you just stare at yourself in the mirror and then decide you hate everything about yourself. Oh, okay. So the less time you have, the better it is. I personally took needed maybe an hour and a half, probably mm-hmm. not even that much. Did you do your own hair and makeup? I did my own makeup. Somebody did my hair. Okay. Which is actually shocking given the fact that I don't let people touch my hair and I always do my own hair for weddings. Oh, interesting. But somebody, I had a blowout done. So what I will say is as the bride, pick activities to do during the day that are not going to stress you out. Even if that's like hanging out with your friends and just like having a mimosa and like gossiping or like playing a game or like the morning of my wedding, we did like a little impromptu brunch shower with my friends cool okay uh and then start getting ready maybe depending on when you're taking pictures like two hours before have friends there i I personally think it's better and the latest weddings i've been in we were like get ready on your own we're all gonna meet here at four while joyce is getting her makeup done and then she's gonna be ready by 4 30 and we're all gonna like you know, candidly drink mimosas while pictures are being taken. Yep. But okay. it's less time to like freak out and everyone be nervous, you know? Totally. Um, so have someone handle the bullshit, do fun stuff with your friends, wait until two hours before, and then things you need to do, depuff your face, talking <laughs> chin straps, I'm talking eye masks. This is my all time to leave. Okay. It's been real, guys. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Will, for, for hopping in. Men can do this, too, so that you don't look puffy in your face in your wedding photos. <laughs> That's facts. <laughs> Dunk your face in ice water, then put on your makeup, then do your hair, or do your hair, then do your makeup. Yeah. My my one, I had two, I guess, two questions. In terms of, uh, like, reception kind of stuff, uh, how, how focused, I think in 2023... Would people be, or do people need to be on like shaking everybody's hand? Not. I th- I think people do that during the dinner now. No one does like, I mean, very rarely do people do like reception lines where like. Yeah. Like. Receiving lines where they stand and like as people come in, they say hi to people. Usually the bride and groom go say hi to everyone during the dinner at some yeah. point. So they like eat. At least that's what we did. And then we just kind of like walked around. Meandered the and like, hey, thank you, you know. That kind of thing. Ours think, was less important. It was a lot smaller. But like when you mm-hmm. have a big wedding, you kind of have an obligation to go hit everyone's table. Yeah. I'm literally thinking of like the last wedding we were all at together, which was Klein and Lexi, that like they had dinner and then they got up and like went and talked to everyone yeah. during the dinner, which is a great time to do it. People are already sitting. Mm-hmm. They can't leave their seats yet. They and it's a, just a quick like, thank you. You can you say know. hi, give hugs, take a mm-hmm. pic, get out of there. Yeah. What was Congrats. your question? Uh, how, how drunk do you get? And how do you so how do you manage that? Back to what Will said about getting like drinking on the day of the wedding. Uh I probably had like a couple drinks. Mm-hmm. I had like a mimosa that morning, maybe a drink with like a glass of rose. And then while I was getting ready, I was so nervous. I like called one of my friends. I was like, I need you to bring me an espresso martini like right now. Because mm-hmm. I was tired. <laughs> And I was anxious. So I had a drink then, and that was it. But our ceremony, I think, was at like 4.30. Gotcha. The more you drink, that all this being said, like when you when guys go golf and stuff, you're just really putting yourself at risk for having some really drunk guests. Yeah. Especially if it's like a summer wedding, a little dehydration, a yeah. couple drinks flowing, you get back to the hotel, more drinks, and it's like, oh boy, you're setting yourself up for a long day. 
Yeah. I think ideal situation, wake up late, have a brunch or lunch with friends, even if it's them coming to like your hotel room or with your husband or just like everyone involved, whatever. Mm. We had like lunch by the pool. Then go take a shower, do your whole routine, talking deep huffing. I've talked about it on Sunday Scaries before. You can look it up there. Then get your hair and makeup done, snap some pics, enjoy your day. It's hard to not be anxious. It's hard to like cherish every moment like they tell you to because it just you're running around doing shit. Mm-hmm. Know that little shit's not going to matter. If you forgot your garter, who cares? If the like if the flower girl doesn't have a bow in her hair or, you know, people are not showing up to the ceremony on time, you're not going to know or remember any of that. So mm-hmm. who cares? Bada bing. Maybe you uh, want to improve your hair before the big day. Yeah. I'll have a partner for you. Friends over at Nutrafol, Sally, 80 million men and women in the U.S. experience thinning hair, yet it's still not openly talked about, which can make going through it feel scary and stressful. And that just adds to the problem. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth thickness and visible scalp coverage for men and women did you know there are multiple causes of thinning hair sally yes Nutrafol is the hair growth supplement that goes beyond genetics to target stress hormones nutrition metabolism aging and lifestyle factors that may be impacting your hair thinning is also different for men and women and Nutrafol has multiple unique formulas for men and women to provide exactly what they need based on their biology and age. Every formula is physician-formulated using natural medical-grade ingredients for reliable results without compromises. And in clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after six months. It's also trusted and recommended by more than 3,000 top doctors. So... You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code MAILIN to save $10 off your first month's subscription. This offer is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $10 off at Nutrafol.com. That is N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code MAILIN. Uh, do you want to do the last one, Sally, or do you want me to do it? You you read it. I will go for it. Hey, mailing crew. Uh, first time, long time here. Love the pod. My, and I am a 29-year-old male, my fiance, who is a 28-year-old female, is not a strong driver. She's bad with her, or excuse me, quote, bad with her GPS, does not update her phone software, which means her maps are often outdated, and city driving stresses her out pretty quickly in general. Whenever we're together, I always drive, and truthfully, it doesn't bother me. It relaxes me, I'm good at it, and she prefers it this way as well. Lately, however, her job is required later hours and has her working in the suburbs more often in our large city. It leads to her driving home later at night and very frequently getting lost along the way. These are not minor incidents. She's even driven into another state multiple times by accident because she put in the wrong address. 
I stay awake waiting for her to get back. Again, not a huge deal and doesn't bother me. And if she's running late, I'll give her a call to make sure everything's okay. She hates this. She'll quickly scream at me and even on some occasions will just say, shut the fuck up and hang up because she's stressed that she's lost again. Obviously, I don't call to stress her out, but she obviously doesn't feel the same way about these check-ins. I just want to make sure she's safe and ensure she doesn't need help getting back home late at night. Our city is known to have some very dangerous neighborhoods, and she's often driving through them late at night because she made a wrong turn or missed an exit on the highway. How can I ensure that she's not lost and getting carjacked somewhere when something like this happens, while still respecting her space when she's driving back? Is there a conversation that needs to be had about how she's not paying attention to the road? I don't want to parent her on this, but there are serious consequences if she gets too lost or gets in an accident. Am I doomed to a life of being a chauffeur for my spouse? Okay. A couple Um, things here to break down. Yeah. Number one, I think, again, sitting down, having a conversation about this when it's not actively happening so when she's not lost or stressed out or stressed about work like i'm talking on a random weeknight when you're both sitting around with a glass of wine or like on a saturday when things are calm bringing this up is a good time to do it will for me i am a fine driver i'm a fucking great parker but i have some habits like texting and driving and not using blinkers that really Mm. upset will I have stopped texting and driving. We are working on the using blinker situation. Okay. Oh gosh. Okay. I meh, I like use blinkers like probably fifty percent of the time. Oh my god. Why don't you? What like? Wh- why don't you? Because I just don't. I like. Randy. It's like a joke that Texas like, drivers so don't do it, appalled. but you're you're. That's you. I I am better now. I will say having a kid has changed a lot of the way that I approach driving. Okay. I would say in the past I was more of a I was never a defensive driver. I was more of a like carefree driver. I'm not gonna say careless, carefree. Offensive. <laughs> but I having a kid has changed that because obviously having a child in the car, like safety first. Sure. I don't text and drive. I do use blinkers when he's in the car, at the very least. I I use blinkers a lot okay. more now. Okay, okay. I, partially because I got in a bad wreck while I was pregnant with Fritz. Um, not from it. a lack of blinker situation, but just in general, that was kind of like eye-opening. But those are all things that Will has specifically told me on different occasions, like this really bothers me, etc. Usually the mo- most open I am to receiving that information is when we're like, it's not happening in the moment and we're in the car. It's like a, hey, I noticed that you text and drive. I really think that that's unsafe. I I am number one most concerned about your safety. It's not about like being the, you know, better driver or like shaming you, whatever. It's mm-hmm. coming from a place of like, I am worried about you and this is why I'm bringing it up, which is I think an important point to make when you're confronting her is like, I'm most worried about you. And it's else. like contributing to his anxiety. Anxiety, like, right. You're, this is actively making him worry and like that's just worry 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 is not good for your physical and mental health correct so kind of gather the things that you want to talk to her about the like 
you know, getting stressed out, driving at night, getting lost, all of those things and have a conversation where you can express your anxieties, worries, et cetera, and hopefully come to some sort of consensus of things that y'all can do that will help her and make you feel better. I, I, I feel for this, not just, I've really dealt with this, but like bad with your GPS doesn't update your phone software. Like those are things that I'm like, how just, just, just do it. Like I'll, I'll, I'll press software update on your phone. So you have maps that are updated and you know what roads are clo- like, how do you just, I don't, are you distracted? Are you, what is going, what's the root of the problem that where you're bad with your GPS? Are you missing turns? Do you need to turn the volume on? Like, do you need it like sitting on one of those like things in front of your steering wheel? Um, because I, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. Then but two, some people's brains just work differently. Like that's but if what I'm saying. if you're being like, told what to do, like I know, get off the, right here. Brett, some people like, this is coming from someone who very much loves a GPS and is very good with directions. Some people are just challenged in that way. Like that, not knowing directions is a form of dyslexia, like not mm-hmm. knowing your left and right, things like sure, that. Sure, sure. So there is probably something a little bit more in play here besides her just being, quote, careless or distracted. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that if she's just straight up distracted and like watching Instagram video reels on her yeah, phone, like, like that's, that's dangerous. dangerous. But there are people who exist whose just brains work differently than ours. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? What I'm, what I think is important for him is just having the peace of mind that like she will get home eventually if she gets lost and sitting there and being like, let's break down what the issue is because if she's, what's happening is, and I have a friend like this who gets so flustered that like there, once she's at this level, Mm -hmm. there's no bringing her down. There's no problem solving. So you've got to do it pre problem when she gets worked up you're not going to fix the issue and the more you bring up like the are you lost can i help you pisses her off more because it she just flusters more we call it fluster fucking fluster fucking now two two things here can you just uh, can we do the the location sharing that's my number one put her on fine friends yeah so that you know honestly people like i feel like there's two camps here Will and I follow each other on Fine Friends. I actually follow a lot of my friends on Fine Friends. I mm-hmm. think it's hilarious. But Will and I started very early on in our relationship because I was living in Houston. He was living in Austin. And when we would drive to see the other one, it was easier to just like look up on Fine Friends like, oh, where are they? Versus having to text them or call them and distract them and driving. Mostly because a lot of time he would come visit me. Mm-hmm. And I'd be at work while he was driving. I couldn't call him. I could only text. And then that's like breaking cardinal room number one. I'm like texting him while he's driving. Sure. That's distracting. So I could just literally look up and be like, oh, he's on I-10. We're yeah, close. Yeah, we, we know. Right, Whatever. Right. Yep. Now it's, I mean, especially someone that you're in a committed relationship to. And a lot of people, then we have the flip side of like my brother-in-law being like, I would never, do you not trust me, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm not, definitely not using it to see if Will's cheating on me. Like right. I'm it's, literally just seeing like, is he home yet? Like, can I ask him a question? Yeah. If yeah. a lot of times if I see, if I'm at work and I see he's at work, I'm like, okay, I'll wait till he leaves to like talk to him about whatever. Cause I know he's working. Um, so determine your personal comfort level with that. I think that's going to make you feel so much better if you can know where she is. Yeah. Solution number one for me. Um, 
then the, the like uh, I guess you can, we kind of have to mention like is there she's like getting lost a lot. She, I mean, and if she's not coming home and also does like doesn't want to share her location, is there like a hey like what's what's really going on here angle to this? Yeah, I, I never know, really got just, that vibe. I don't either, but just like. But I I think the there are people who are just bad drivers or anxious drivers and finding a solution to that, especially if this is causing you anxiety and causing her to not be safe or giving her anxiety, finding a solution of like, okay, is there someone else that you can ride with like out to these places or is like, do I need to come pick you up if it's late at night Mm -hmm. or like, would it be helpful? Like find the app that works best for you. Maybe like Waze is like better than Google Maps. Like yeah. find what is easier for you to understand and then like call me and check in for my own. I, it's okay to say like I am worried and I spend a lot of my time worrying. Right. Totally. And like it's it's derailing my day. Right. When you get lost. So or, like or a check in is necessary for yeah. me. And I think – Again, I'm in a part I'm in a part of my life now where like when Will and I were absolutely capable of like doing our own shit, being off on our own, whatever. I am anxious now just as a regular person because we have kids now mm-hmm. that I'm like, "Hey, will you just check in and tell me like when you get to this place?" Yeah. Totally. Or if you're out with friends that like this is your plan coming home. I don't think that for me is overstepping in a relationship like the communication of like, Hey, just let me know, like when you're planning on being home or if you're, you know, dinner's finished, you're going to go out and have drinks. That's just like, in my opinion, being a good partner, I think probably other people are going to be like, that's so controlling. I personally, like as an anxious person need that reassurance. And that's a conversation in the same way that Will has talked to me about my driving. I've had a conversation with him being like, Hey, when you, when you go out to dinner, the guys don't care. That's great. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Just check in with me, like if it's been more than a few hours, so that I know like everything's fine. Sure, totally. The, yeah. Some people, me, who gets this from my mom, become like the psycho warriors who like we go down these crazy paths. I'm right there with you. Worst case scenario, you're is like my number they're one dead scenario. in the ditch. I already know. Every the time, Austin serial killer got them. Every time. Sally, I'm I'm the same exact way. So and, that's why and, and, and communicating find friends. those needs to your partner is yeah. in any situation is so important so that they know like he's not trying to be controlling. He's not trying to like be better than me, blah, blah. He just is literally worried about me. Mm-hmm. Helps your partner understand your motive versus like, God, he like is so controlling. He like yeah. all he cares about is making sure that I'm like, taking where the right I am, way home. Where I'm, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I think I think fine friends solves a lot of these problems do pretty, love pretty fine quickly. Friends. Really, yeah. I do. I wish I wish all my friends were on it because I'd love to be like, oh, you're at this bar, like or this this football game. I, I like awesome. But I love I literally one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, forty. I follow sixteen people. That's fun. Friends. Like that makes it fun. Anyway, that's going to do it for us on the mail today, Sally. Do you have anything before we head out? I don't. I don't either. Uh, please subscribe, rate five stars, review, and tell a friend about the show. Hit the hotline number 888-362-MAIL. That is 888-362-6245. Or 
can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Mailin Podcast. Sally, where can the people find you? Sally DeFreeze on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Brett Merriman, at Schmerriman on both of those platforms, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.